Yeah. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> just a tradition. A, like, it's a, tradition. Any other. I, yeah. a tradition like every single other. I blame my wife. And my... I don't know what I'm more surprised at, that Taylor survived this or that he's not a 300-pound man. That's the first thing I had to say. <laughs> Close. And we're back. Welcome to the ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcast. We are broadcasting. I don't know what day it is. Do you guys know what day it is? Um, out. It is Monday, November 23rd, Luke, the day the music started. That's what I like to call it. Wait, the day what music started? This music? Yeah, that's right, man. We're back. I haven't listened to this since March 9th, which was the last time we recorded. Can you believe that? I haven't listened to it March whatsoever. 9th, man, we were we were filled with promise on our way to Atlantic City to celebrate 20, 2019 basketball season. I, I told Mike that my whole bit was going to be that I just acted like it was like March 10th or March 11th. And I was like, oh, I can't wait for these games, huh, guys? Uh, that would have been good. I would have been down with that. Um, so you guys are in an undisclosed location somewhere. Getting ready to talk college basketball with me. I'm in studio. It's very different here on the podcast since you guys are not around to, um, I don't know, be a bad influence on me. We've got games that are starting to uh, pop up, and then they're canceled, then they're repopping up. For example, you know, Virginia and San Francisco just got announced moments ago. I'm ready for it on Friday. Wow. Mohegan Sun. What are they calling it? The bubble land? I mean, we have a lot to get to. Gosh, I feel like I would thrive in a bubble scenario. I just want to put that out there. I just want to put it out there. I've been thriving ever since I saw you two last. I mean, look, look, at, look at how much sun I have. <laughs> you do look better without us as bad influences on you. You look healthier. You have a glow about you. Well, I'm just glad that Taylor didn't devolve into something that I don't even want to fathom. Mike, I mean, you can probably give me a better update about uh, Taylor's trajectory. Did he sink into a place where he was Tom Hanks castaway and did he come out of it? Did he put together the raft and get to where he is right now? He's still not his old self, but you know, he's close enough to pass. Yeah. I'll be honest. He does a really good job of uh, hiding the corrosion that's happening on the inside of him uh, with, you know, the outside decent appearance. You know, I'll be honest, Luke, it's been it's been a tough few months. I think not so much because of COVID. It has not affected me personally, but mostly in that, like, I need this release. You know, I'm a man that uh, requires certain level of attention and I build up to things. And when I had that huge buildup and not to be able to uh, release it for the NCAA tournament last year, uh, it's affected me. You were ready. I, I, I need it. So I need you to uh, to get me through this. Well, I'll it's tell you what. Section. I'm setting a couple ground rules. We're not having negative vibes on this podcast. And I went through this with everybody back in the summer for college. I had a college football season, and now I'm ridiculing everybody. So oh, we'll never play a game. We're not doing any of those negative vibes on this podcast. I'm outlawing those takes. All right, Taylor? Great. Not long on screen. I've, I've already spent enough time staring into the abyss. And I also am just thrilled that all... My friends are back in my life. And when I say my friends, I'm not necessarily referring to you, but I mean, I guess I could include you as well. I'm talking about G-Units, Greg Peterson, Ken Pomeroy. I'm talking about Gus Kearns. Gus and I have probably had about five conversations, and I haven't talked to you guys once. So I'm really looking forward to your angles. You, you <laughs> shut your mouth. You've been talking to Gus behind my back, you sly dog. Oh, I know. Well, I guess we should just get back to doing what we do best, you know, which is Was giving very poor takes of college basketball and focusing those takes on the ACC. All right. Well, do you guys want to review my ballot? Why don't we just start there? 
your ballot. You yeah. can, they, they still give Luke, you a vote. Luke's an official voter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I actually did it this time so I because I didn't have to drive down to Charlotte. I generally don't do it because I don't want to drive all that way just to vote. Right, once I submitted it, it let's, let's I look at um, your ballot. once I submitted it, I immediately regretted it. Isn't that terrible? It's like Mike Jaffe at uh, the betting window two marches ago when he went up and I don't know, he got Kentucky money or something and he looked at Taylor immediately once he got the ticket, he's like, I want off it. <laughs> Which is maybe the moment of that trip. It was either that or the lodge or the little basketball goal we put up on the door. Does any of this ring a bell or have you two just been, I don't know, did you rip Van Winkle? Have you forgotten everything? Is this memento? I mean, what's going on? You guys, I feel like y'all are shells of yourself. Get your acting gear. We've got college basketball to talk about. We are. I'm excited. Uh, but I also feel like that moment you described with Mike is like every betting moment I have with him. Well, that's it's, good. You know, we've got a lot more on the way. Let's let's grade this ballot. Well, the preseason number one team on my ballots, it's going to come as a shock to you guys. But I have the Virginia Cavaliers winning the league this year. And for the first time, I think in my lifetime, because I was on a round of that Ralph year, what was it, 82, where they got picked to win the league? I mean, it's only the second time it's ever happened, but, I mean, I believe it. I don't know about you two. Feel free to disagree, Jeff. I bet you have Syracuse winning it all, right? <laughs> I have Syracuse Great. higher than most Plus people, though. I'm in the Orange's quarter this year. I have them higher up on my um, my list than most, but we'll get there eventually. So that's my number one preseason team. I'm just going to run them down. I have the Florida State Seminoles right behind them. Really? Yeah. Number two, you're defending champions. I will explain myself a little bit later on, but for now, I'm going to keep running down, okay? And this is where I immediately fell into a chasm, an abyss of regret. After I clicked submit, I realized I got suckered into picking Duke third, and I immediately regretted it, and I regret it to this day. Well, they're, they're, they're explosive, but you've, you've never been a Matthew Hurt fan. I know, and I don't know what I was thinking to put them third. Because I didn't look at anybody else's sheet. Nobody else's. That's how I roll. I do it top to bottom. Don't show me a list. I'm rolling down. And then I went Louisville fourth. And then Carolina fifth. And then Syracuse sixth. And then from there, does it really matter? (laughs) Does it really matter from there? I'm actually going to look up the rest of them. No Miami in there? No, I don't believe the Miami team. We'll get there eventually. Do you believe in Miami? Are you? Well, uh, you well I know Taylor does because he's just—he's irrational about Jim. Uh, oh, from Miami, no. Okay, so you're still in Miami. I'm still on Miami all day. I think they're going to be great. Wow! I, uh, what a remarkable I, I take. I have Virginia too. I think it's amazing how far we've come from since when I was like a kid rooting for Virginia. That when maybe they're some of their not so great years, now they're like one of the heavyweights of the ACC. Just a testament to Tony Bennett. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm like the millionth person to say that. They got so much better. Once still amazing to me. They lost um, your stink because you turned into an NC State fan, and then Virginia started winning titles when that happened. You can yeah. say Tony Bennett well, all you, know, you want. I've never, but... been, I've never been more than a fair weather fan for any team that I ever rooted for. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can um, all attest to that. But... And we're back again. You know, we had a slight little technical difficulty, but it's been solved. Because for the first, I don't know, five minutes of that podcast, we actually were watching each other on this call. And that's been one of my realizations. Why do we always have to look at each other's faces? Why can't we just call like we used to? Can I get an amen from you two? Or does Taylor just love looking at my mugshot for like an hour from across cities? Some real old man shakes fist at cloud moment for you, Luke. I mean, that's part of my shtick. I mean, I'm not running from who I am. And I don't think you are either. I mean, you're still 
tossing out those takes uh, like, oh, I like Miami. Just I like them. That's a Taylor take. Top four team in the ACC this year. Okay, anyway, uh, next on the list. I, you guys are going to grade this. I'm going to give you the floor after I run down the entire thing. After Syracuse at six, I have Clemson at seven. Yeah, I did it. I have them above your Miami Hurricanes, who I have at eight, and then I have VT at nine. I don't know why I did that. I mean, talk about regrets. Georgia Tech at 10, NC State at 11. Sorry, Taylor. Notre Dame at 12. I wanted to put them lower, but I couldn't because Pitt is awful at 13. BC is going to be atrocious at 14. And Wake Forest, I don't know a single player on their roster. So that's my list. Please discuss. I mean, I keep hearing that Wake Forest is not going to win a game this year, so I'll, I'll I'll say that that's a good start. Honestly, hearing you go through your list, the thing that's most surprising is Georgia Tech. I mean, people, some people are very high on them as a potential oh, a top five are. team in the mm-hmm. ACC. Oh, I, oh um, so I'm I mean, aware. That kind of sticks out to me a little bit. And I know who their um, leaders are. I know who the Georgia Tech cadre leaders are. Um, I'm not going to reveal them. I'm not going to dox them quite yet, but I'll do it once, you know, Georgia Tech ends up where they always end up, 11th or 10th or 9th in the league. I don't know. I don't know. I like their backcourt. I like their backcourt. Alvarez and um, Alvarado. DeVoe, you know, I mean, they, they, make, a, they make a nice Who's little Who's Alvarez? Team. Did I say Alvarez? Yeah. Wow, you guys are, been too long. y'all are shells of yourselves. With the, yeah, geez. Yeah, but DeVoe is still, uh, to me, is a second team all ACC player. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's my well, list top to bottom. Taylor, give me your grievances, right? Just air them right now. I mean, okay, like I said before, I cannot argue with you and Virginia at the top. I think they're the clear favorite. I think you have the same, like, four other teams making up that top five that have come to be the, your recent, like, you know, regular favorites. So Duke, UNC, mm-hmm. Florida State. Of those, I guess I have to go and be like consensus media guy TM and take and say Duke is going to be the second choice there. Why? Just, no, I mean, know, explain you yourself. Hurt develops, uh, Wendell Moore develops some of that stuff like after the in their so- second year. Um, uh, I mean, that's only I happened for a couple of players. Like Florida State third. I think I'm pretty close to you. You had them second. I just and I have no rational reason other than. I trust Leonard Hamilton now, that type of team that's going to play fast, play really tough defense. I think they'll always have that. Just have big, long guys. I love uh, Raekwon Gray and Raekwon Evans, the two Raekwons. I'm, I'm all in on that. Um, what about Scotty Barnes? I'm excited Barnes? about UNC. I, I think I have them fourth. I think they're going to play like four centers and four power forwards. I just I want to see them go huge and just play with like four guys that are traditionally total front court guys. I want to see like Baycott and Kessler and Manley and Garrison Brooks all share the floor together. I think that'd be amazing. Kessler's not and playing then this year. I have fifth out of all those teams just because everybody's really high on some of those guys, like Samuel Williamson, those sophomores who, who are really highly touted as freshmen and um, David Johnson, people really love. And I just, I can't, I can't bring myself to trust it as much just because oh, Taylor. Williamson got injured. Did you see that? Like, Williams is going to miss a lot of time. Oh, really? I did not know that at all. So that maybe my lower pick out of all those five teams makes more sense now. All right, Michael. Um, but I think I actually still really love Miami irrationally. I want to see him sneak into that top five. Probably just outside it, in all honesty. But, like, 
they didn't really have all their guys playing together healthily last year. And Isaiah Wong had a really good into the season, a little streaky, but I hope he develops. Mm. Chris likes is still just like that kind of like sneaky bucket that never stops. Um, and then Cameron McGusty, I think they, if they all get healthy and start playing together, I trust Larinaga right there. Okay. I'm, I'm glad to see that, you know, even as time progresses, things stay the same as far as Taylor and Miami. And his irrational love for Jim Laranega. Also, uh, Samuel Williamson update. He's going to be back, apparently. So that was a, a pretty smooth heel on the injury. I remember he got injured back in October some sometime well, around good. then. So, yeah, forget what I said about that. I thought he was going to be out for like a couple months. I guess I was completely wrong. All right, Mike. Well, the Luke, the only issue I think I have with yours is I'm much lower on Clemson, I think, than you are. That's fine. Um, Go ahead. Be I lower. Think just, Amir Sims is great, obviously. And all their other guys, like Clyde Trapp, John Newman, all that kind of stuff, good players, but they just lack one thing, is, and that's shooting the basketball, which is a very key part of playing the game. So <laughs> I expect to see a lot of wide-open missed jumpers and three-pointers from Clemson. Um, and so I just I can't believe in them because of that reason. That's fine. You just They're um, a bad Okay, I mean, you just waited on – a bad shooter, Chris Likes, who's a high usage guy. You think he's going to stop being James Harden overnight? No yeah, way. And he's yeah, also not a good three point shooter. Has character. I mean, I'm still disappointed. I called Jose Alvarado, Jose Alvarez, Alvarez for Georgia Tech. I still, I'm I mean, still. You recovering haven't said a word yet. since. I mean, it really have not recovered yet. I'm glad that you actually spoke. I thought that you went mute or something. A little bit like I a fairy did, tale. I, you know, I was. I was actually in a fantasy where I was thinking about Buddy Bayheim and uh, Gerard for um, for oh Syracuse. God. Are you with me, the, Mike? With the Syracuse, one two uh, that they're going to offer me as that shooter prowess, those baby Jimmers. Uh, you, you know, what you a treat! And, you and every resident of upstate New York just goes to bed with a <laughs> rock hard erection for Joe Gerard and Buddy Bayheim. Yeah, Syracuse is going to be good, <laughs> Taylor. Do you not think Syracuse is good? I think they are. No. <laughs> oh my. I think Joe Girard's overrated. Uh, he's not as good as shooters people think he is just because he's a short, scrappy white dude. Joe Girard's on my third team. Actually, he might Buddy be on my Bay second team. If you're leading scoring option, you might have an issue. I think he's a great complimentary piece, but I don't believe you're him crazy. as your leading scorer. I mean, Dolajai's back so for the curtain call. Really How do you not like this year. team? Buddy Beheim scored 15 points a game last year. I can't live in a world where Buddy Beheim scores 15 a game. I mean, he's a very good basketball player. I'm just worried that if he's your number one option, I don't know. He's not the number one option. Gerard is. What are you talking about? Well, I don't know how I feel about that either. Buddy <laughs> Beheim's a much better pure shooter than Joe Gerard. Mm, okay, anyway. Any other thoughts on this list before well, we go to players? Which is, who is your ACC player of the year going down your ballot? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, I have a narrative. I think Virginia is in a tier of its own. And I think then there's another tier with Florida State and maybe Duke and Louisville. And then I think there's another tier below that with Carolina and Syracuse. So I have Sam Hauser as my player of the year, which is a popular choice, but not as popular as Garrison Brooks, apparently. And you can call me a homer all you that want. That was such a surprise. Why? I mean, why am I going to bet on a guy or pick a guy to be player of, of the year when he was a loser last year? I mean, I'm not going to oh. vote for a loser. Oh, that's mean. No, oh, I saw I it. liked Harrison Brooks last I year. Mean, he Sam Hauser didn't even play. That's okay. He was biding his time. 
it it makes me a little bit nervous that like Sam Hauser is getting such high expectations. Well, you don't know what I know. Virginia, and maybe yeah, that's I mean, just. Like I mean, who are your sources, you know? Taylor? Do you have sources inside the program? Do you, where are your little birds, as Varus would say? Very good. I'm just, you know, I'm okay. hedging my bets. Here. Who else did I have on my first team? I went back and forth between Scotty Barnes and um, let's see. Jalen Johnson. I went back and forth a little bit like, uh, you know, I mean, I'm talking a lot of fairy tale references, like the rose petals. I was picking them off, you know, and see. And I landed on Jalen Johnson, and I immediately regretted that decision as well. So I picked him on my oh, first team. No. And well, then you, I, you've always been a guy that never believed in Matthew Hurt. So I guess you had to pick someone. Yeah. I mean, the, the well, honorary Duke first team guy. And then I had Amir Sims on my first team and Garrison Brooks. Unfortunately, I shouldn't have done that. What was I thinking? And my second team was Jay Huff, Scotty Barnes, Chris Likes, Caleb Love, and Joe Gerard of the Syracuse Orange. Mm. Even though you weren't supposed to do a second team, I just did one, you know, for the heck of it. Why not? Just throw it in there. Wait, so Luke, say your first team again. Just real quick, run it down for me. Hauser, David Johnson. I forgot to mention him. Jalen Johnson, Amir Sims, Garrison Brooks. Okay. Interesting. Buddy Bayheim, baby. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I mean, I know. I know. What, what are you going to do? Well, Mike, you haven't said anything. I mean, where do you land on Syracuse? Where do you land on any of these teams? I'm waiting for the fire take. I mean, that's what it, the audience has been waiting for. Yeah, you are know, you still recovering from San Alvarez instead of so Alvarado? I'm not ready. My body isn't ready yet. I mean, honestly, the teams, um, I, I'm actually excited about what Virginia Tech can do. You know, I, I think that, you know, they, they came out and they played so well for Mike Young earlier in the year last year and then just totally fell off towards the end of the year. Like when we were trying to actively figure out what the hell was going on with Landers Nolly, mm-hmm. and turns out he ends up transferring, you know, to Memphis. And so he's gone. And I, I like to think all that bad mojo is gone with him. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, they get a little bit bigger. You know, I think that their tallest player last year was like 6'6". Six, six. Um, so I, I'm kind of like, I don't really, I think the ACC again is not going to be very good. I think that it's going to be another bad year for the ACC, who I think maybe would have only had four tournament teams last year. I mean, that's, um, that's completely they're possible. They're probably around there this year. But I think the most interesting basketball will be, you know, the Miamis, the Virginia Techs, the Syracuse, the Georgia Tech. And, baby, I still believe in this Notre Dame squad, man. Yeah. Come on. I'm, I'm convinced that this is the year that, you know, Prentice Hub and Leshevsky and that whole crew turns it around, <laughs> oh, even though the double-double oh, uh, yeah. machine of John Mooney is gone and Jawan Durham's the only person that knows how to physically defend anyone. But besides <laughs> that, we got this. Huge mistake. Oh, the cabin <laughs> fever has set in the Jaffe household. It oh, is this set will in. be like the last time, many times in my life. Always wrong. I do, however, think back half of the season you're going to get awesome betting value on Notre Dame because their non-conference schedule is absolutely brutal. And I bet they're going to get worked for mm, a part of the season, and then you're going to get see some really juicy lines later on. That's my... That's my hope for them. Well, there's going to be a, uh, an incredible amount of value in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, you know, if we get those games. And we can talk about that today, too. I mean, I mean, we're just shooting from the hip this podcast. No outline. Yeah. I mean, 
You know, no more white women 2020, yeah, yeah. Antonio Brown. No more outline 2020 for ACC basketball degenerates. That's my motto this year. So we can we can go anywhere you want. Yeah, well, well, can you educate me, Luke? What does the college basketball season look like this year? How many how many games are they actually playing? Twenty seven. That's how many they're trying to play. They're actually going to have a twenty seven game season. That is correct. I feel like I'm teaching fourth it seems graders. Like a lot more right than now. I would have expected. <laughs> oh, really? Well, I mean, the schedules are out. You yeah. can. I mean, there's a there's a great tool and resource uh, known as like the internet and web browsers you can find these schedules you can find them they're out there i use netscape i mean i think that all the schedules are changing constantly you know you see tweets where like arizona's already on the plane flying to what the mohegan sun to play baylor and then baylor's they're canceling that game with baylor in the air and like changing it around they don't even know who they're playing they're just flying there yeah i sort of like it it's uh, just like you know being at a roulette table or play and spin the bottle, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. It's going to be obviously a very weird year. I'm looking it up now. I've looked up this fabled schedule that you described. Mm-hmm. Does and it I exist? See Did you find it? Games on the schedule right now for Virginia. Well, that's because you're um, looking at Ken Pop. Sound right? No, you're looking at Ken Pop. You're looking at the wrong thing. He doesn't have his ducks in a row. Schedule is there in America? If you can't rely on Ken Palm, they've taken everything from us, Luke. You can't rely on Ken Palm. He has Duke third overall. His algorithm has been corrupted. <laughs> it's been hacked. Trust me. Not fair. What, the Ken Palm algorithm's been hacked? Oh, I think somebody got to him. I don't know who it was, but it happened. So we're going to have to move on on our own. Uh, I mean, I'm leading this life raft right now, and I'm worried about you two. I mean, it feels as if you're you're sort of... Uh, you know when you're marooned? Did you guys ever read any of those books about you know the guys who just... We're out at sea for months, weeks, in a little life raft, and a little dinghy. I feel like life you guys are, are like drinking the salt water right now, and you're starting to lose your minds a little bit. I'm trying to bring you back. I'm getting you off yeah, the like salt water. Yeah, side story in Watchmen. Yeah. I'm that guy. Yeah, that works. I eat, I eat the fish by the fistful, you know? <laughs> I'm down with that. Okay, so back to on topic uh, as far as the schedule. Don't worry about it. We'll see where it goes. I sort of like... The unknown. I enjoy the unknown. I like that San Francisco just popped up on the Virginia schedule, um, I don't know, a couple hours ago. The Dons. I mean, they made the trip to Mohegan Sun, so let's get it on. Let's play this game on Friday. I think it's going to be fun. Could be a frisky team. I mean, what if you just get a crazy good matchup? You're going to hear Mike talk about a lot later on this season. That's another (laughs) prediction I have. Somebody please write these down. Mike's going to talk about San Francisco a ton later on this year. San Francisco really did well for us a couple of years ago. It was in 2018, I think. I mean, Guthrie can attest for this, you know, once he gets back into the uh, the swing of things. But, no, I, I like the fact that we could see... I mean, could we see Villanova and Virginia twice? I mean, I know that they were having discussions about playing a but. Mohegan Sun. I don't think it's going to happen. And actually, I know it's not going to happen. But, I mean, that was an idea that was tossed around. I think that would would have just been a great surprise. What a pleasant surprise that would be. If you have two heavyweights who just are, you know, sort of in the same vicinity, and they're like, what the heck, let's play. Don't you guys? Am I the only one on the side? here? You know, Luke, you, you seem locked in, as usual, to Virginia. Tell me why they are on a clear tier by themselves when they were – one of the worst offensive teams in the country last year. Well, I mean, they've solved all their shooting issues. I mean, Hauser's the best shooter in the conference. And you add Jabri, who is just a walking bucket. He can get his own. 
And then Beekman is going to play considerably. And whenever Bennett has two point guards, he loves going with two point guards. Think about it. The national title team, Jerome and Clark. Before that, Jerome and Parentes. Before that, Parentes and Brogdon, all sharing the floor at the same time. You have multiple initiators. Clark should be able to play off the ball for the first time in a year. I mean, he didn't have that option last year. He's also going to be able to get some uh, minutes on the bench, you know, just to take a breather because Beekman will be in and he'll take over the team. Secondly, I mean, there's just going to be an absolute war for, you know, the role guy minutes. So it's going to be all the 10 side. It's going to be more sell. You're going to have all these guys just battling it out. And if you're not playing well, you're not going to be on this team. And then you know how much Jace Huff stock I own. I mean, it's, I own an unproportionate amount of Jay Huff stock, and I bought more. I went back to the well, like Mike would go back to the well on West Virginia going up against, I don't know, the number one team in the country on the road, which happened, by the way, multiple times. I just kept going back to the well and buying more stock, and I hope it cashes in. I don't think it's fully cashed in. I guess I got some of it cashed in during the Duke game at JPJ, which was one of the last memories I have, I think, of college basketball. And so that's my case. What else do you want to know? And they're As your unofficial portfolio manager, you are over leveraged on Jay Huff stock. That's okay. I mean, I love him too, but you know, diversify your portfolio a little bit. No, that's okay. I'm I'm gonna roll with it. I have a lot of Reese Beekman stock also. If we're talking about Virginia stock in general. So, Luke, do you buy into the the you know the story that like Casey Morsell is due for a huge year because his 27 percent three point shooting like his terrible terrible shooting numbers are just an aberration and it was all in his head and now that he's got his mind right he's going to be like you know what he was always promised to be i'm not even factoring in uh an outstanding leap from casey morissell if it happens it's great if he could defend that's all they need i mean name a better trio in the acc than clark huff and hauser i just don't think there is one and they all play different positions hmm. okay I don't believe any of that, but I, I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt. They were just so bad last year. They were such a horrible last year's shooting last team. Year. It's hard for I mean, they finished second in the league if their shooting uh, increases dramatically, and it actually got better at the tail end of the season. Last month, they were shooting about 37% from three, I think, or like somewhere around 35 collectively. They were shooting well the last month of the season. Hmm. Mm. It is – I kind of have to uh, – Usually, I really enjoy hearing Mike's uh, Virginia contrarian takes, but I'm I'm with Luke on this one. And Mike's a shell of himself. He doesn't even have a contrarian take. He's just talking about last year. He's living in the past. It's going to be. I think they're definitely the clear favorites. All right, Michael, present us with another candidate and a case. Well, Luke, let me let me ask you a quick question. You have UNC lower than I think a lot of the consensus feeling does. Yeah, I know. Why? What's well, I mean, a Tell lot me of that. this team is going to ride on Caleb Love and how good he is. I mean, you can say all you want about the big guys, but if there's nobody driving the car, which is the Carolina fast break, which is actually a fairly intricate fast break, there's more to it than meets the eye. I'll have to go over it with you guys when we ever see each other again in person because it's very hard over just these calls. So I think a lot depends on Love. Is he going to be an upgrade to Cole Anthony? Yes. So they're not going to finish last. Are the big guys going to get better? Yes. Do you have veteran big guys? That's great. But, I mean, you're still relying on what Leaky Black is, I don't know, another option. I mean, who's going to shoot on this team? I mean, Mike talks about shooting. This Carolina team doesn't have shooting. Or at least I don't see it. I mean, one of the low points of my year last year was, uh, I think, at one point you can – 
there's a quote for me like Andrew Playtech is around, which I still regret ever mentioning, but you know. And they also, I don't think they can defend anybody. That's why I put them lower than Duke, and that's why I put them lower than Louisville. And I probably should have put them lower than Syracuse, but I don't know. I mean, I've been burned. I've got baggage with Syracuse picking them too high, but I do believe in that team this year. All right, let's let's change to another squad. Mike, who do you want to talk about? Um, how about we talk about Louisville? Yeah, let's talk about Louisville. Louisville, Louisville to me seems like a a team that can make a run at Virginia. Um, you know, for the tops in the ACC, I I think that Duke is too young and inconsistent, and I agree with you about a lack of shooting um, for for UNC and the ability to create offense. You know, mm-hmm. not through their bigs, but. You know, I don't know. Louisville and Chris Mack has been a team that I feel like I can always get behind. And, you know, you mentioned David Johnson. I mean, love David Johnson. Seems like your potential, uh, you know, ACC player of the year, at least. I had him second. I look at it. I I had him second. I just think that his guard play um, and what he can do um, will really stand out in an ACC that I think will. We'll not have a lot of a lot of great guard play. I think a lot of the ACC play will be defensive driven and will be played through the bigs. But then you also have you know Williams and Williamson for um, for Louisville, who just I mean so much diversity there. I mean I I don't know. I just I see that team and I see Chris Mack and I say man that that team could definitely win twenty games in a shortened season. And people are really high. Luke, maybe you can give me a better sense. I didn't watch much Radford basketball last year. Well, Mike did. Thankfully, he's with us. People are super high on Carly Jones, the transfer, who scored a bunch for them and was like a 40% three-point shooter. So that seems good. I mean, he'll be much better than Fresh Kimball because Fresh Kimball didn't work out. Tweeting like, he's the most impressive player in their practices. You know, take that. That's the classic, like, oh, he added 25 pounds in the offseason. Do you have a sense of how good he's going to be? He's not as good as David Johnson, I'll tell you that much. And uh, I know you brought up Malik Williams. He's the guy who's out. That's who I was confusing. I was confusing Williamson and Williams. So Malik Williams is out 12 weeks. That's a lot of time. That's why I'm a little bit hesitant yeah. on Louisville. And that's actually the reason why I docked him on my, you know, ballot. Because I liked Louisville a little bit better than Duke, but when I got that news, I was like, ah, eh, that's worth a few wins. But I still like this team overall. I mean, it's going to depend on David Johnson. If he carries the team, they're going to be great. Okay, so where do we go from here? I mean, I don't know. I just worry about the ACC's quality of play. I just think that the bottom of it is just so poor. It is awful. Like Boston College is just getting worse by the second. Wake Forest is a, a, a dumpster fire, you know. Clemson is just, <laughs> you know, I can't cheer on a Brown L coach team, and you know even Mike Bray and and those boys over Notre Dame have struggled. So, <laughs> I, struggled. I, you know, I guess you could focus on what Larinaga is doing in Miami. I mean, that's that's potentially a very interesting story. Well, what is the story? Is there something that I missed? What did I miss well, about Miami that everybody I, I just like, was I like my head in the sand? A lot. I mean, the, I don't know how how much Brooks, uh, Brooks. since or I'm sorry, sorry Nasir Brooks. <laughs> Mike, you um, are over two. transfer. I think he he adds that that Huel um, level of toughness in the middle that they haven't had since. Um, wait, who was the guy that uh, you, that uh, we used to compare to Blanca Jericho? Is that right? Jacari. 
Tanya, so okay, pause, pause. Okay, timeout, Mike. Timeout. You've called Alvarado (laughs) Alvarez. You called I don't know somebody the the Cincinnati kid. You call him Nasir Little, like pink shoes, Nasir Little. (laughs) And then you just called Jakiri, who used to be your spirit animal. What jerky? What'd you call him? (laughs) It's been a long time, Luke. I don't know what to tell you. It's been a long time. Um, but he, he is the return to grace in the middle defensively for Miami. Yeah. I don't, and I just, I don't know. I like guess, it. I like really wager on Chris likes. I'm just, just beware. Okay. You heard it here first. Chris likes, I mean, a walking bucket. All we talk about, right? Mm-hmm. I'm super excited okay. to watch Chris likes Isaiah Wong breakout Great. year, calling it here. Cameron McGusty kind of getting healthy. Going to see what he's really made of. I just like, you know, this is a Jim Laranaga kind of older team coming off a bad year. They bounce back with a good year. This is the Jim Laranaga uh, pattern here. They're going to be good. I can't wait to revel in your disappointment once you see this Miami team on the floor. Anyway, uh, let's talk other conferences in comparison. (laughs) I mean, qualified good. I'm not saying like, you know. They're just going to be like a really, they're going to be a less version of Florida State, but you're going to be able to get a lot of value for Miami earlier in the year. They're going to be defensive minded. They're going to score when they have to. I think it's just going to be a valuable team while everybody else is kind of riding high on uh, Florida State, who I think may struggle initially with their young guard play. So I've heard the opposite, and this is one of those things I've heard that Taylor's probably going to take with a grain of salt, which you can, but I've heard that Scotty Barnes has just a basketball IQ off the charts and that he can initiate on this team. And my biggest question is, is Leonard going to give him a lot of minutes? Is he going to give him more minutes than he does his usual guys? Is he going to give him Malik Beasley and Dwayne Bacon level minutes? If he does, I think they're going to be very successful. That's what I'm banking on. If he doesn't, if he goes 10-man rotation – that and you know you start seeing Barnes cycled in and out like the rest of the uh, the horde that is the the Florida State Civitals. That's where I think they could get into trouble. But that's my thought on Florida State. Anyway, I've heard Scotty Barnes is the second coming of Magic Johnson. I mean that's what I that's what I've heard. Well, well they have Luke, a similar you know size. Is, you, know, you know, Hamilton is going to rotate a bunch of guys in and out. And I know I mean, that's what I said. I, I know. I that's not a problem. Like all these guys that I, we saw get some quality time that I'm hoping step up a lot. And they're all kind of that same Florida state player. Like right? MJ like, Walker, Phil Kofer. I can't, I mean, Phil Kofer was great, last year. Actual favorite player to watch on Florida state. MJ Walker coming back. Um, you know, all these guys, they're going to rotate in and out. And I don't have a problem with that. Even, you know, I've heard people say like the Calhoun, the, the junior college transfer, don't know anything about him, but he shot 42% from three in last year in junior college. So that seems good. I don't know. I think they're all going to – he's a 6'6 six, six dude, long Florida State. They're all going to do that, you know? See, what I don't understand is why you think Miami is superior to this team defensively. I think that's the most ludicrous statement I've heard since Mike was calling Alvarez Alvarado. Florida State? Yeah, I mean – I don't think no. Miami's better than Florida State. Defensively, I said. I think Florida State's your, your third-place finisher in the ACC this year. Okay, uh, all right. That's a look at what's happening down south. Let's look at the rest of the country. I know Mike's just been waiting for it. I need to bring him back to life with some mid-major talk or some because the A10 is going to be phenomenal this year. I don't know if you've checked it out recently, but that is going to be must-watch action. And I'm not talking about the usual suspects. I'm talking about Richmond. I'm talking about St. Louis. I can go on and on. But let's go to the Big Ten because we do well, have St. this. St. Louis is going to be nasty. I know. 
Luke, you should reserve a minute to talk about NC State. I know you're really excited about we're gonna, their chances. I mean, we're going to bring this full circle back to the ACC. It's an ACC pod, but I'm tying in the challenge because it's coming fast, and I, I don't know if I can trust you to castaways to get back on uh, for another episode before that happens. But I think there's going to be great value in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I think Illinois is going to beat the brakes off of Duke at Cameron. I don't think they're going to get the boost from the crowd. And I think Illinois is a legit Elite Eight contender this year. I don't know if they're a Final Four contender, but I think they could contend for an Elite Eight spot. There's great value there. I mean, there's good value with Virginia and Michigan State, I think, within the Hauser Bowl, if you want to call it that. And there's so many other games Ooh, where nice. the the Big Ten, I think, is just they're going to be undervalued. And the Big Ten, as much as I hate to say this, is going to be stronger than the ACC this year, top to bottom. Now, yeah, for sure. The Big Ten is the best conference in the country this year. No, I'm not. I'm not uh, no. Yeah, maybe you're what right. Are you, Big 12, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. We'll hold judgment on that. But the Big Ten is what it is every single year. I mean, the top of the top, the cream of the crop, the upper echelon, the upper ash, as I like to call them, they're not as good as the upper ash of the ACC. Or if you're taking the top dog, who's the top dog? Iowa? I don't believe that necessarily. I, I think don't it know. I could mean, be Wisconsin. All those teams, Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan State, are all possible like Final Four teams. <sighs> That's a stretch. All of those teams, the, the top is just really loaded this year. So Baylor is the big dog in the Big 12. you got Virginia in the ACC and Villanova in the Big East. I like all three of those teams better than any Big 10 team, and it's not particularly close except with Villanova. Maybe it's a little really bit close. Interesting. I'm shorting Villanova more than most people are this year, but we'll see how that goes. So you you do you think there's any chance that anybody in the Big 12 knocks off Baylor, like Kansas? No, it's gets, not gets happening. back on top, anything like that? I mean, West Virginia is mildly entertaining to me, but I don't think they have enough horses to get all the way to the top or enough shooting like we've been mentioning. Mike, you're rolling your head as if you have a neck creak. Talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I I think Kansas is is way undervalued. I mean, I, I know that we were talking, to, you know, before the podcast started that They've lost the two most significant players in college basketball, in my opinion, in Dodson and, and Buki. Um, you can't go losing Buki, who's your you know your most dominant presence in basketball last year, um, and Dodson, who I thought was the best point guard in the country um, in moments last year. But I agree. I, I I just think that I think that Kansas is always a little bit underrated, which is kind of crazy. I just. People love to latch on to the new hot best thing, you know, even when Kansas State was, uh, you know, keeping uh, Kansas from winning the Big 12 outright a couple of years ago, you know, but it was really Kansas that was the better squad in the long run. Um, you know, I, ironically, part of that critical Kansas State team, Cartier Diara, now going to be in the ACC after his falling out in Manhattan. Um, uh -huh. I'm interested to see how he plays in the ACC. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I just think that I think that Kansas is too good in the Big 12. I I'm actually excited to see Oklahoma State. Actually, um, I, I think Oklahoma State can make some noise in the Big 12. But other than that, I think it's Kansas or bust. Remember when Cade Cunningham going to Oklahoma State was like the big story? That feels like 50 years ago to me. It's another lifetime. Yeah. Man, Kansas first or Buzz team all preseason, preseason All American. 
Kansas or bust? That's a little strong. It's a little strong right there because Jared Butler is an All-American candidate, and Scott Drew knows what he's doing as far as his defense. That's a zone that doesn't look extinct like the Syracuse zone, which we've talked about before on the show. It doesn't look extinct whatsoever. I think you're selling Baylor short. Yeah, you know who is not a first-team All-American by you know the the lamestream media's standards, but uh, in the Taylor Pilkington Heart of Hearts oh, All-American team yeah. is uh, Mark Vital on Baylor. Just an amazing defense, rebounding, everything you know, everything you would want from a 1980s New York Knicks player. Okay, who's <laughs> who is the All Taylor team? I can name the grad assistant. It's Chase Jeter, right? He's he's a grad assistant. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that should be our homework. Mike and I are gonna name the old the all Taylor team, and we're gonna see how close we get to his actual all Taylor team. Yeah, anyway. all it is is a team of like Raekwon Grays and yeah. Mark Vitals. It's like Kennedy Meeks is like the strength and conditioning coach. Everybody on that team is six eight, two fifty. They can't shoot. <laughs> uh, is does BJ Anya make an appearance? I don't know. What's what? his role? Is BJ Anya the assistant strength and conditioning coach to Kennedy Meeks? Yeah, he's right? he's something. I don't know what. We haven't figured out the staff roles yet. Who's the trainer? That's a good question. Trainers are very important. They don't have one. I think that's the reason it's Taylor's team. Because it's all God-given. Why would we need to train? <laughs> and, yeah, we're not going to get hurt, right? Because we live in Taylor's fantasy world. Anyway, back to uh, basketball. Back to the ACC. Let's pull it back, okay? Mike thinks that it's not even going to be close between the Big Ten and the ACC. I tend to think he's right just because of the depth of the Big Ten. But, like I said, I think the heavy hitters in the in the ACC just are – well, I guess Virginia is the only one I'm thinking about. Or just a little bit better. Just yeah, a little bit better. I don't know. I just think ACC is way down. Way down. Well, it was down last year. Is it down further? Yeah. It's down further. It's down further. Wow. It's being submerged. Mm. It's got a bag of Epsom salt on its back. It's just being pushed to the floor of the sea. Mm-hmm. We are having a lot of analogies about being you know, lost at sea, drifting away. I like this. I like where this is going. <laughs> this is like Life of Pi Part 2, but actually interesting and talking about, uh, I don't know, real people and not toy tigers or imaginary tigers. But, I mean, we're talking about imaginary teams for Taylor. So, Taylor, why don't you uh, pipe back in about some other thoughts concerning who you think is the best conference? I mean, we haven't hit SEC yet. I mean, you can float some thoughts. I think Kentucky is incredibly undervalued. You, you think it's Kansas, Mike. I think the blue blood who nobody's talking about is Kentucky. I think they're going to be very good this year, and they're going to defend. And I just like their pieces. They have better freshmen than just about anybody in the country. I don't know why everybody's been docking their class recently as if they don't have the best class. They have the best fr- class of freshmen. I mean, what am I missing yeah, here? Luke, the reason people don't like their class is because usually they have like three or four or five-star guys, and they only have two big five-star guys this year. That's so better than BK Duke. Boston and uh, what's the other guy? I'm blanking. I don't know. But they only have two big guys and not several like they usually have. Yeah. Maybe. I still think they're going to be good, but there's a little more competition. The SEC is pretty good. I mean, Tennessee is really good. I think Tennessee Florida is going to be better than people expect. People think they're going to be like fourth or fifth. Not with Mike White involved. What I'm seeing, but like they have a couple guys who are who were, you know, 
thought they were going to be one and dones, but then didn't really pan out. So you can kind of see that's like a recipe for a lot of like extra value, really good players catching on. Um, you got Alabama. Alabama is like coming up strong. And is even, Auburn allowed to play basketball still, or did Bruce Pearl run that program into the ground? They yet? picked a perfect year to forego the postseason, you know, because they're not going to be very good this year. They lost every single starter, I think, maybe most of their starters. And what's his name's going overseas apparently now? That's the latest, right? Oh, they're now they're I'm blanking recruit. on names. This is so bad. Jaffe's rubbing off on me. What? I'm just turning into an old man over this. <laughs> Over this Microsoft I know Teams you're call. About that. I do remember seeing the story. Yeah, anyway. I mean, I, mean, I think like LSU is still going to be good. I mean, they'll be, they'll be they're fine. Back they'll a be a lot of guys. They'll be from, fine. From a really good couple of years. I, I think the SEC is pretty good. I still think either the Big Ten or the Big 12 is probably the best conference. I just sleep it a little. Ask me, I'd probably still go top to bottom with the Big Ten. I mean, I think the Big East has some teams. I said it. Yeah, I said it. I Creighton, let's talk about it. Like what ACC has been in previous years. Like the top is really good, and there's a huge drop off between people who are just like terrible. Like the Dave Latos, so, yeah, they're still around. I agree oh, with that. that that's fair. Did Dave Lato just get a contract extension or something? No, are you kidding me? I have to if, Google this now. I, what there's did I no way. There's a zero percent chance. And if that happened, I mean, we might have to just end this call. And get our pitchforks out and just have an intervention with the DePaul Athletics Director. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. I was saying he had a good year last year, the Leto. Define good. He received a contract extension in April of 2023-2024, Luke. It's one of the worst decisions ever made by an AD. Okay, can we talk some Creighton? I think Creighton wins the Big East. Brownell got like a five-year extension after his Sweet 16. Well, he started to eat. Leto got like a one or two big recruits that at DePaul recently, which kind of like great up his stock, right? And you know what? He has like that idea of a hard-ass like high school basketball coach that people love. You know, he cusses constantly on the sidelines and is always Mm -hmm. looks angry. Cool, like. You know, in whatever the problem is on the floor, it's always the answer is always just more intensity, like try harder, which I respond to personally. I find it very motivating. And we need to start uh, coining some of these terms. Like I like that Jaffe just coined the Brownell, which is have one good run and then you have a, a leash and a contract extension to uh, return to mediocrity or just poverty when it comes to quality of basketball play. Another one we could do is the Shaka Smart. What is that? It's just you haul in these good recruits, but you never do anything with them. That's another one that we get to coin. I like it. The shock. Yeah, this is the year. This is the year for Texas. I'm telling you, this is the one. This is it. Luke, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> the same way I dream about NC State is the way that Mike dreams about Texas having a good season. Well, let's talk and about I NC State. Let's talk about, about coaches. State. Let's talk about hot seats. I threw this out or there. And maybe I'm off. I feel like justified that they're going to be in the bottom half of the ACC. Back to reality for me. Um, I don't. I don't have much else to say. I just. When do you start I worrying about Kevin Keats? What? When do you start worrying about Kevin Keats? Yeah. Are we past I, I that mean, point? I think we we might be. Yeah, I agree. I heard. I heard on another podcast. I don't know if it was. 
a CBS basketball podcast, or maybe it was Three Man Weave, or maybe it was your boy Gus. But somebody said that he was 30 and 30 in ACC play since he took over at NC State. Yeah, it's right on brand for NC State basketball, right? Or just NC State in general. <laughs> I mean, he's on brand. I, I don't know why they're complaining. But Luke, this he's a classic situation where like if he takes NC State to the Sweet 16, like in any of the next two years, he'll get he'll immediately get like a five year contract extension. Well, didn't Godfrey do that? Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what happened. CJ Leslie. That's what I'm saying. You know, NC State. No, is, no, not that year. The year they upset Villanova. So starved for success that they'll just chase anything. Okay, who was with Cat Barber when they beat Villanova? That was not senior year, Cat. That was like junior year, correct? Yeah, it was earlier. Does anybody, I does anybody know what I'm talking about besides from everybody in Raleigh listening the to this podcast? Just was on screaming and shaking their fists. Anya was on that team. Oh, yeah, he was involved. I mean, he didn't play much. <laughs> Who was the mid range ma- maestro on that team? You know, the the Villanova upset in the round of thirty two. I don't I don't forget these things, everybody. It was two thousand sixteen. Was it or was it fifteen? Oh. I, I don't know. It, one of the two. Oh, 15. Yes. It was two thousand fifteen. Yeah, I know. I got it. I remember and the bracket. I remember they were upper right corner. DJ yeah, Anya, Cat Barber, Trevor Lacey, Leonard Freeman, that team. Trevor Lacey, that's what I was thinking of. Anyway. Yeah, so that can buy you some time. But NC State's going to be bad this year. I mean, there's no ifs or buts about it. Yeah, they just can't seem to get it together. I mean, they, they no nobody seems to work in that system. And that commitment, they have a very strong commitment to not playing defense there. And it turns out that that hasn't been a great strategy. Yeah, it turns out sometimes it helps to play a little defense. North Carolina helped us learn that lesson last year, too. Well, turns out it helps it helps to do anything other than, you know, just shoot floaters in transition, which I love. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but, you know. Okay, Taylor, have you looked at the schedule at all this year? I know it's going to be a morphing schedule, but have you taken a look? I haven't really looked. De- I've looked at the Virginia one a little bit, and it, my sense was that Virginia, one another good thing for them at the top of the conference is that their schedule seems pretty light in the ACC. Uh, like, good good matchups for them. Um, Doesn't everybody have a light schedule, though? That's all I know. I mean, is there a schedule out there where you're like, oh, wow, that's not manageable? Because so many of these teams, we just don't know. We don't know about North Carolina. They could go, I could see them being the second-best team in the league. I could see them being seventh or sixth. There's just a lot of yeah, Luke. I'll be honest. I haven't. I haven't looked at it yet. You just told me to call you tonight, and this is what happened. <laughs> that's that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't. You know, I don't know how much does schedule matter this year. I I don't know. There are going to be so many delays. The road games aren't going to feel like road games. Those, you know, which is such an important part of college basketball. I mean, the Cameron effect will be gone. The officiating is actually going to be pretty good this year. I'm excited. I know. I mean, that is a – that's something I think we're not taking into account enough. The Duke home court. 
I mean, the officiating was great in the bubble. I noticed that. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to uh, some some non home court advantages. Let's just say. What about if TV Teddy goes rogue? I could see that happening. Just with nobody else <laughs> in the building. Now, see, TV Teddy will be negated. He's he's a crowd man. He like lives off the hype of the crowd. You can't you can't be running around yelling like he wants to. All the all the on-court cameras will pick it up. Yeah, and then Jamie Lucky is also another one that comes to mind. I mean, what if any of these crews test positive? We're going to have to have some like backup oh, I... backup crews in reserve. And that actually, I mean, if you're like from Charlottesville, like I am, and, and Jamie Lucky is, I don't know, shipped off to California to do a game for the Pac-12 on short notice, I mean, everybody's going to be rejoicing. But anyway... Just thoughts about officiating crews. We could do a whole podcast on this. I mean, we can get Ken on. I mean, I know he has all the metrics for officials, and he loves tweeting about it because, you know, there's these misconceptions apparently on who's a good – like Roger Ayers. I hate Roger Ayers. What do you guys think? I like – I actually like Ayers. I think he's super, uh, super fair. Well, he wasn't fair to me when he allowed a basket to count <laughs> when I had – um. Was it Arizona? No, not Arizona State. Who did I have? Gosh, I had some state. This is going to kill me, this game. Tennessee or something. Ugh. Who was it? Oh, it was Iowa State. Where he completely botched the Iowa State, gave a basket after the buzzer went, and lost my cover. So that's why I have I have baggage against errors. I'm sorry. He needs to win me one before I can I'm come back. I'm that to you, Luke. So what about futures? Through like the media, are they going to pipe in crowd noise for the television coverage? I don't know. Do you really care? Does it really matter? I do. I love watching it actually without the crowd noise. I like to hear like them talk to each other and and whatever. I I enjoy that. Okay. I mean, yeah, the sneakers squeaking. It's fine with me. I go to sleep to that sound. All right, Mike. (laughs) I know you've looked at futures, right? Or did you just show up without a plan? Just you look like a man who's lost right now. Yeah, no, I, I, I just showed up. I did. There was nothing that I expected from you or from Taylor, or I was hoping <laughs> that you guys expected nothing of me. And here I am. You've I delivered. Haven't even looked at any of the futures yet. I mean, is Vegas even open? Are they taking my bets? We can make something happen. We can get a runner. You know, we can find somebody. It's not that difficult. Yeah, I, can, I can look up some futures, just uh, a, I guess. Just a, a flip phone and a you what, know, you know it's okay. I'm glad I'm here because I have them memorized as far as who's odds on favorites. We've Gonzaga oh, is your like, odds on favorite. Is 11 to 1. Baylor is what? 8 to 1? 7 to 1? Uh Baylor's 11 to 1 now. Oh wow. Iowa's 10 to 1. I was getting Still a lot of love. Was- Villanova and Gonzaga are the favorites at ten to one, pretty much. Wow, that has shifted dramatically. Because Baylor was a co-favorite with Gonzaga. Yeah, Final Four is a different story. Well, I don't think it would be that much different. It would probably be similar. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, the Final Four. I mean, Gonzaga and Villanova are pretty much even money. Yeah, that's a bad decision. Gonzaga's an okay decision there. Villanova's not a good decision. That is just not good value. Yeah. We'd never do that. Do you remember when yeah, Guthrie oof. had Texas Tech at... The final four. 
Do you remember Guthrie's Texas Tech 101? I mean, that that was so close. Mac McClung is eligible now, officially. Oh, really? I like Texas Tech. I think they're going to be fine this year. I don't really... I think Mac McClung is fun. I don't know if he really adds that much. He was never really that efficient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Apparently, Somehow you can still get Harvard to fifty to one to make the Final Four, even though the Ivy League is not playing this year. Well, I wonder if I don't know who's going to get suckered into that one, but I'm sure I know a couple people who might buy that at. <laughs> yeah, uh, the other Bayheim is transferring from Cornell, right? He's entered the transfer portal from That's Cornell. Right. Mm, how about that? What about Rich? How about- <laughs> <laughs> That's a hot get right there. Yeah, I don't have any yeah, long shots. Who are you recruiting the other Bayheim? <laughs> Can't even think of his first name. Not Buddy. Yeah, not Buddy. Pal. <laughs> Pal Bayheim. That's a nice, strong name, if I've ever heard one. All right, any final thoughts? Because, I mean, I don't know. Did we just come here to stare at each other? I mean, I've been trying to be I a mean, point I, guard, and I feel like I'm passing your, to... Uh, who is your player of the year? Who I want to get a prediction on player of the year, and then we can go. You mean national player of the year? Yes. Well, no, ACC player of the year. I've already told you my ballot. Have you been drinking, Mike? Sam since Hauser. I Sam Hauser, that's who you had? Yeah. 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 You seem very, very disappointed. Sick. Who's your player of the year? Alvarez? Uh, that's a fair question. Um, I haven't thought about it. Cue the music. Cue the music. If we can cue the music. Can we cue no, the music? I actually think I'm going to go with Wendell Moore. I'll go with Wendell Moore. Any last words, Taylor? This might be the last podcast of all time. Do you still play basketball? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's draft picks somewhere.